0: Hey, welcome to the Pharmacy Residency Podcast, a member of the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Um, I wanted to talk to you a little bit today about uh, the NAPLEX scores um, and kind of what we can do uh, between now, uh, which is March, I'm at APHA right now, and um, when you guys graduate. So let's talk about two things. One, how are the NAPLEX scores going to affect your ability to get a residency in phase two and then kind of for RPDs and for those of you that are going into uh, residency, uh, how are these uh, lower NAPLEX scores going to affect you in terms of who is in your cohort? So one of the things that I think we don't do a good job of is really explaining how to do well on the NAPLEX. And we kind of took for granted the NAPLEX back when I graduated because most people passed it. It wasn't really that big of a deal. Um, and yeah, you can make the joke that, oh, well, you know, it was Tylenol and aspirin or the only two drugs you had back then to discover penicillin. Uh, I graduated in 97, so it wasn't that long ago, uh, 25 years or so, 26 years. And, uh, I think it was, um, that, you know, the acceptance rate was much, much lower. And I think. Um, it's reasonable to say the acceptance rate was probably uh, somewhere around 30% uh, to get into to pharmacy school. So this graduating class, their acceptance rate is a little over 82%, going on 83%. And as we kind of move to the next couple of years, it rises up to 87 and then falls actually a little bit uh, in the class that was most recently uh, entered. So they, uh, the admission standards have been you know raised a little bit. Uh, but uh, again, this is going to be something that's a real issue. And what I think is most important is to kind of get pharmacology down before you go to each of your appies. So if you're doing cardiology appy to do the cardiology part of the NAPLEX studying, and I know Rx Prep is, you know, kind of the the go-to for for a lot of people. But you know, how do you do Rx Prep on your commutes to and from work as you're trying to? And, and I was like this. I worked at. Um, giant Food, which is a regional grocery store uh, back in the, the Baltimore, Washington area. And I would literally go from my appy to work to home to my appy to work to home. And I burnt out pretty bad. But uh, it was just, you know, w- when would I possibly have extra time to study? And the answer to that is on your commute. And uh, the free resource I have is the Memorizing Pharmacology podcast. Uh, I really focus on those mnemonics, and you're going to be told over and over again to not memorize, but to learn and to understand. But you still have to memorize the alphabet if you're going to speak in whatever language you speak in. So I think that memorization has a place, and the mnemonics have a place. And really what the mnemonics do is they help you get it straight in your head, So completely free resource is the Memorizing Pharmacology podcast. Uh, You can find it wherever your podcasts are. Uh, But if you want to uh, get a little bit of an extra boost, uh, have a self-paced pharmacology course with mobile quizzes and videos. So if you're going into a top 200 course or you're going into therapeutics, I think that that course and really seeing the mnemonics and and keeping things straight in your head uh, is a lot more helpful uh, as you kind of go along. Um, I'm still helping a few people with their letters of intent as they're going into um, this phase two. And I'll talk a little bit about the scramble because I think it's reasonable that the scramble will actually have quite a few students uh, if you have over 700 spots just for PGY1 and almost 1,000 spots with PGY1, PGY2. Uh, but if you, you want that free resource again, memorizing pharmacology uh, podcast and then um, uh, residency.teachable.com if you want the self-paced pharmacology course, So let's talk a little bit about NAPLEX scores. And and I'm only going to to talk about the averages. I'm not interested in embarrassing that Uh, one program was at, I think, uh, 21% with the NAPLEX. And then the NAPLEX goes from 21% up to 100% pass rate. And the MPJE goes from 25% up to 96% pass rate. Uh, So let's talk about the NAPLEX first. And so what we see is a, a gradual decline. Well, not so gradual from uh two years ago to last year, but but last year to this year is a little bit gradual. So we went from 86% to 82% to 80%. Okay. And the issue that we have is that the NAPLEX scores came out before your phase two RPDs are accepting you for and ranking you uh here in April. So now RPDs traditionally couldn't see the NAPLEX scores that were most recent, and they were usually um, a year separate. So it was really tough to to really say, you know, is this student likely going to pass the NAPLEX? Are they going to pass the MPJE? And the answer is, um, that's going to be a little bit more difficult now because uh, the scores have gone down. And really, it's not the average that you're looking at. It's that there are schools, you know, the, the one school in the 20s is, is really an outlier, the 21%. But when you get to, you know, 50%, 60%, even the 70s, uh, you know, that's that's really tough because now your residency class is likely to lose at least one or two students. So um think about this. We've we've got an 80% pass rate, any residency class with five students is likely to lose one student because of the NAPLEX. And if you use that kind of simple logic, it it would sort of make sense. Um, But when we think about residency, you realize that, well, these students were kind of vetted and, you know, a group kind of dropped out before and the actual, you know, acceptance rate is closer to 65% rather than 77, 75%. So, you know, you would expect that students that are going into residency to at least be, you know, a little, little more likely to to pass the NAPLEX than the the average student at their school, but the MPJE again is no joke either. Um, so the MPJE uh, pass rate is is again, um, you know, gone down a little bit uh, from eighty three to seventy nine to seventy seven. But as you know in statistics, these are independent events. So it's like you roll the dice on somebody in their NAPLEX score, and then you look at their MPJE, and that's something that as an as a program, as a residency program, you might want to actually consider um, seeing if you can be part of helping them prep for it. So, you know, great, you guys are all coming together. Why don't we do this? Why don't we have a group come together to try to help each other pass the MPG MPJE in that state. Some states are notorious for having archaic MPJEs and Idaho is no you know uh, well known for not having the MPJE. They just said, you know, it just doesn't really make sense. So if I were going to a VA where I can be licensed in any state, I would take the NAPLEX and then get licensed in Idaho because it doesn't matter where you're going to get licensed uh, to work at the VA. And the reason for that is that the MPJE is actually more likely to knock you out than the NAPLEX. And if you're coming from one state and going to a different one, you're in a lot more trouble. So again, my recommendation for MPJE is that, you know, great... Um, is there any way we can bring our you know new PGY one class together? Well, the best way to do that is to have an activity that you do together, and the best way to do that is to start studying for the MPJE together. Um, I'm not being paid by TLDR, but TLDR has an MPJE for every single state in the union, uh, and I think it's like seventy five dollars or something like that. Which, when you talk about you know the the damage that will be done. Uh, if you don't pass the MPJE, that's a bargain. And let's take a look at, you know, kind of, well, if you're looking at MPJE, and you say, well, you know, um, when you're in residency, you don't actually lose money. And that sounds a little bit strange. But if you have a regular job, you don't get paid. You don't go from intern to, you know, to to pharmacist. You don't get that pay bump. Uh, where you actually get paid as a pharmacist. But with residency, you you get the same pay throughout residency, whether you're licensed or not. The question is, is your residency program going to accept someone who failed either the MPJE or NAPLEX? Did you take it so late that you can't take it again? And so, you know, I, I really am not trying to be doom and gloom. What I'm trying to do is trying to be very practical here that Uh, you need to take a hard look at your own colleges. There's two places you need to look. You need to look at your own colleges Naplex rate and realize, okay, you know, I'm not above that. Um, The analogy I always use is when we talk about soccer, you know, uh, when, when you have rec players playing rec players and you've got the best rec team, you know, there and they think, wow, we're really good and so you tend to say, okay, well, you know, we don't really need to do extra practices for the championship or, or something like that. And then you've got select teams, which literally have been selected, um, where, you know, you have to have a certain standard of soccer. And I know it's a lot for, it's so much for a darn 12-year-old to, to have to do. My kids have to do this every May where they have to qualify for their team. And so you you need a certain level of ability uh, and experience uh, that kind of comes along with it. And so my my real concern is that you are thinking you are top of your class, but if top of your class is one of the lower scoring and NAPLEX and MPJE scores, well, that means that you're going to really need to work a lot harder to make sure that you pass. And my concern is this, that because you know, residency acceptance rates are so high, the exposure to students who are going to fail the MPJE, the exposure to students that are going to fail the NAPLEX is much higher. And so RPDs, if they're doing their due diligence, um, you know, are taking a strong look at the the, the NAPLEX pass rates that came out. And so is it fair? No, it's not fair for you to be judged on what a class last year did and um, but what they're looking at is, OK, well, how challenging was the environment you were in? And I think MPJE is not a good uh, analysis of that because there are some state you know tests that are incredibly hard and archaic and don't really match up to much of what you would expect. And, and even the study materials are, are incredibly difficult to kind of put together. Um, So some states are just really hard to to pass. And I don't think that that's any reflection of the school. It's just those are hard to pass. Uh, But the NAPLEX scores, that's a that's a standardized test across the country. And, you know, when when you have, you know, a school that's going to be accredited that has a 21 percent pass rate that has 50 percent pass rate, 60 percent pass rate. You know, you you really got to start thinking about you know, has is that fair to a student to have paid fifty thousand, sixty thousand dollars a year for that outcome? You know, and you say, well, you know, it's on the student. Well, once once you get to twenty percent or twenty one percent or twenty five percent or whatever, I don't think it's as much on the student as it is on the on the school itself. So, you know, for the students who are going into residency. Just know that if you have a lower pass rate, I might increase the number of applications because, you know, it's reasonable that uh, the RPD and the the group that's going to be assessing you is going to be looking at that. Uh, And then if you're, you know, on the RPD side, really, you know, is there a way you can bring your cohort together before the cohort comes together in June and July uh, to say, hey, you know, here are the materials you're going to need for the MPJE. Um, we are going to ask you to start meeting and start talking about it and try to be a good accountability partner so that, you know, the, you know, we we can't, we're not going to have NAPLEX prep here at the, you know, residency, uh, but we will have MPJE prep because that's when it's likely people are coming from out of state. So about 50% in most cases uh, will go out of state, out of region. So again, if you need my help, pharmacist at gmail.com. There's, you know, I don't, Really do a ton with everybody until it gets to, uh, um, you know, that September, October, November when, when letters of intent starting in. But do consider the pharmacology course as a way to kind of start thinking about NAPLEX. Um, I think it's going to help you quite a bit at residency.teachable.com. Uh, you can just listen to them on the way to and on the way from uh, your, uh, you know, your rotations now. And as you're kind of going into residency. And then those of you in the CPJE, um, the the percentages have gone up some, uh, but we're still seeing you know a pass rate around sixty three percent. Much more likely if you're from California to pass it than if you're not. But you know two out of three pass, and so those those residency directors are really in a in a bit of a pickle, uh, knowing that that so many of their their uh, residents are going to uh, need a retake or need to do it again. So. Um, you know, all I can say is uh, it's going to come up quick on you. Uh, people say, you know, well, just start studying 10 weeks before, 12 weeks before. Well, we're here. <laughs> it's like 12 weeks before uh, we're in the middle of end of March. So April, May, June, um, that's it's time uh, to start making sure you, you get this down. And I think that uh, listening to although they're all videos with quizzes Right, you can use them on your phone, Uh, everything can be done on the phone. But I think that you really need to start listening to things on the way to and on the way back. Uh, And I think that having a contained course where you can say, Okay, I got this module done, this module done, this module done, uh, I think it's going to put you in a lot better position. So, Tony the pharmacist at gmail.com. Hope you guys are enjoying APHA. For those of you that made it, uh, it's just a, a wonderful kind of tradition. And, um, Yeah, talk to you soon.